Welcome to episode 81 of the Drum Mantra Podcast, where I'm here to help you go deeper with your practice, thinking, and approach to music so you can express yourself more freely, efficiently, and effectively. I'm your host, Rich Stitzel. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast. So nice to have you here. Welcome to 2021. We're two weeks in now, January 16th. We are about 10 months into the pandemic. Different parts of the country are starting to open up, but it's been a little bit messy anytime um, restrictions are lightened, loosened a little bit. So I don't think we're out of the dark. I'm in Chicago. Things are still very, very shut down here. Um, You can't go into a restaurant. You can't go into anywhere. Um, You can order food or go get a coffee, but you can't stay inside of a building unless you're at a grocery store or at Home Depot or something. Definitely no gigs happening. Um, I did do... A good handful of gigs towards the end of the year in 2020, the last four months or so of the year, um, I was lucky enough to do a weekly gig filming for uh, a big mega church in Chicago, which was uh, very, very nice. And, and everything was social distancing and all the rules were adhered to very well. Um, you know, everyone had masks. It's all. It was only the band, the film crew, and the sound crew in a very large setting. So that was that was good. That was a good way to um, be able to continue working and and still you know stay safe. But it sure has been crazy, as every single musician in the world can attest. You know, I usually play probably between 180 and 200 gigs a year plus teach and do clinics and things like that. Basically, gosh, I don't know, maybe maybe three-quarters of my life are usually in big areas with lots of people. This year, I probably played, I don't know, 20 gigs maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe a couple more, but... Um, that's that's one tenth of what I usually do, and I'm sure if you're a full-time professional musician, you're saying the same thing right now. It has been really an interesting year, and for myself personally, being a professional full-time player since about 1993, never having more than a week off in the last whatever that is, 26, 27 years, to all of a sudden having basically 10 weeks off, uh, 10 months off, it has been, uh, definitely opened up some soul searching and some reflecting and really kind of learning how to live again in a totally different way. Very, very interesting. I don't know how many people experience that in, in normal life where, Things just change, and all of a sudden your life is completely different. I have been making a very big effort 
despite the fact that it takes much longer for me to accomplish anything uh, nowadays, it seems like everything is just running through molasses. And I've said this a few times where even if I have a, a goal and a mission and a completely great idea for something, it takes way more time to get it happening. And I don't know what that, what that is about, except I do know after kind of seeing it happening in my life, if I'm really busy, if I'm running from thing to thing, I can usually more comfortably squeeze something else into my schedule. Um, I learned that I operate better in a way when I'm extremely busy. If I'm running to gigs and if I'm, if I'm teaching and I have just these small windows of time, I can usually get a lot done in those small windows, whether it's composing or practicing or filming a lesson for my members in Drum Mantra or whatever. It seems like the busier I am, the more I can get done. And not to say that I'm less busy because I do tend to keep myself busy. And that's been a, a whole interesting thing too. Like how, what am I doing to, to stay so busy? Why am I trying to keep myself busy? And I definitely have also noticed that there's a residue, that energy, there's a, there's still a momentum of wanting to stay busy. Like that's how my mind sees my life, my experience. And so when all the gigs disappeared and all the outside activities disappeared with, you know, music, my mind still continued to be in a busy mode with less to do. I don't know. It's been a very interesting year, and I've really been trying to reflect and look at where I'm at as far as how I interact. I, you know, obviously way more time at home, way more time with family. That's been very nice. Um, eating way more meals at home, which is very nice. So there's been a lot of new experiences in my life because of not being able to be as busy when I'm working. But trying to get things done, back to that, things have slowed down. I feel like finally I'm kind of getting back into a pace but I find myself coming up with lots of excuses. And even if I'm driven to accomplish something, even if I have a goal and a schedule that I really want to stick to, I feel like I, I come up with all these excuses. Um, you know, my, my hard drive is, is getting too full, or I don't like the lighting in my new room, I don't like the camera angle, I feel like I need a better... You know, I, I feel like I feel like my mics aren't picking up my drums well. I feel like um, I'm not inspired to write on my laptop. I feel like I need a, a, a room that has a more comfortable chair. I mean, I can come up with, with an excuse, an excuse, an excuse for everything, <laughs> it seems. And I can get in a loop, in a mental loop, and... Thank goodness my wife is able to, to recognize my tendencies and helps me snap out of it. And one of the best ways that she helps me snap out of my 
uh, loop, my mental loop of all the things that have to happen before I can get started is it's very simple. It's very simple. And I can probably guess and guarantee actually that you also put yourself in mental loops and build your own roadblocks for yourself and come up with all the reasons and all the excuses for why you aren't quite ready to get started on something that you want to do. I think it's a very common human thing that we all have inside of us. Um, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but what I want to say is the thing that snaps me out of it every time is my wife says, stop sitting and thinking, stop staring at your screen, stop trying to analyze and and devise and even stop composing. Stop writing. Stop staring at your Sibelius. Stop looking at music notes. Stop contemplating. Stop watching videos. And what you need to do is go sit down at your drum set and play. Go play your instrument. And suddenly, when I when when I really realize that I'm in my mental loop, my negative mental loop, is when she says, "Go play your drums," and I start thinking of excuses of why I can't go play my drums. And I'm like, "Okay, I am definitely coming up with excuses," and you know. When you come up with excuses for why you can't do something right now, you believe them. You believe that it's completely true. We, we, we convince ourselves that, it is, that everything has to be perfect before we can get started. That is the biggest, that's the biggest nemesis to, to any of us is when we believe that things need to be perfect before we can get started. And I just gave two kind of masterclass presentations to, um, let's see, the first week I talked to 18 professional, high-level professional musicians. And then uh, a week later, just a couple days ago, I spoke to maybe 24 musicians about uh, business, about online businesses, about marketing, about how social media works, how search engines work, how SEO works. This is all part of you know building an online business. I presented a bunch of material that I put together from my own learning over the last five years or so to a bunch of musicians because musicians are wanting to figure out how to, uh, frankly, create new income streams, new ways of, of working with their students, new ways of... Um, of monetizing their talents because when gigs dry up, what is a musician going to do? They're either going to teach lessons on Zoom or they're going to figure out how to build uh, their own cultures, their own communities, and move their worlds over into the online domain. So one of the things that came up in both of my presentations was you have to start now. Start while it's messy start when it's while it's imperfect jump in 
and just get started. And in the context of talking to, to the musicians, it was, don't wait until, you're can- until you have an awesome camera. Don't wait until you have all the lights right. Don't wait until you, your instrument sounds great on your DAW. Don't wait until you understand how to do color correcting. Don't wait until you have the right video editing software. Don't wait until your DAW has, you know, you have all the plugins that you really want for the DAW. Don't wait until you're, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have a list, a list, a list. And the list can even come down to things that I say for myself. I can't film today because I haven't had a shower yet, you know, or... Uh, I have to wear the same jeans that I filmed in to speak in on my video, and they're in the dirty clothes right now, so I can't film today. We come up with so many excuses why we can't get started. But we have to get started. You have to jump in and start. Jump in and start. Now, with the musicians I was talking to, I said, you have to jump in, and it has to be messy at first. But you have to get over that hump, that fear that belief that you can't do something. And as you do this, you begin to revise your presentation. You begin to revise the way that you present yourself as you go, as you learn. In the beginning, for a musician who's trying to build a business, no one knows who they are on a world level. You know, maybe 15, 20 people might know who they are. But why not start messy before people know who you are Instead of waiting for things to be perfect, which they never will be, and spending years perfecting something and then getting it out into the world, and no one knows who you are. So you spent all this time making things perfect before you put yourself out into the world, and then you have to begin building your community, speaking to the professional musician. So why not start now? Let people start to get to know you in your true, honest, and messy self. Gain that community and refine as you go. Okay, so how does that relate to drum practice? How does that relate to you if you're not trying to build an online business? If you're trying to simply get better at your instrument? Well, it's the same thing. Sometimes you have reasons why you don't want to practice or you may not know what to practice and so you don't practice or you go sit down in the, in the practice room and you play stuff that you already know and then an hour later you come out of the practice room and you start thinking, well, that was fun, but I don't sound any better than I did when I walked in and so there's a whole other mental thing. How do I have the discipline? How do I have focus? How do I have a plan to get in and work on something and get better, to truly get better? How can I become inspired by something I see but not intimidated and shut down by something I see? If I turn, just this morning, I turned on Instagram and Dan Weiss was live on Instagram. So I went on to Dan's live, Instagram live, And he was playing something over and over and over and over and over again. And even though I watched it for about seven minutes, I still had no idea what time signature he was playing in. 
I did not, I could not figure out the sticking he was doing. And he was playing the same thing over and over and over. It was extremely fast and extremely weird. And I know it wasn't in four. For a second, he stopped and demonstrated a piece of it as a different in a different voicing. And I knew that it was in five, but I still was not able to lock on. And I thought, okay, I can go practice. I can try to remember what I saw and, and be inspired to go down and, and experiment with that. Or if I sit here and watch this too much longer, I'm going to see a lot of people coming onto his Instagram live and I'm going to start thinking, oh my gosh, look at all these drummers who I don't even know who are hip enough to know who Dan Weiss is. And then I might start to get intimidated. Wow, I'm just in a sea of drummers, millions of drummers around the world who are just trying to get better. And then that leads to shutdown. It's very easy to become inspired on social media and just a hair further in your mind can lead you down a, a path of, of despair almost. So it's very touch and go when you get into needing to be inspired by something outside of yourself, needing to have information that moves you into uh, being motivated to practice. What it all comes down to, and here's another one from my wife. I should have her on the podcast because she's she's truly the one with the wisdom. Is everything is practice. Everything is practice. Drum practice is practice. Making coffee is practice. Speaking to somebody is practice. Everything is practice. So we need to get into the mental mindset that everything that we do is practice. And once we can start to back out of being so engaged and so engulfed and, and, and taken over by our minds about our life, what we're experiencing, if we can step out a little bit and remind ourselves, this is practice. This is an opportunity to practice. So to practice what? How is making coffee a practice? And how is practicing drums a practice? And how is washing your hands a practice? And how, I'm in Chicago, how is shoveling snow a practice? Here is how. Do whatever it is that you're doing with your full attention and your full intention. Attention means you are aware of what is going on in your immediate surroundings. Intention is you are focused on paying attention to every detail of what you are doing. I'm intending to be completely engaged in the activity that is right in front of me. In other words, while I'm making coffee, and this is what we all do, you make your coffee and you're thinking about your day. And all of a sudden, making coffee is just a side note because we believe that it's more important for us to pay attention to our minds, to our thoughts. What did I dream about? Or what am I going to do today? Or, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't go film today because, oh darn it, I forgot to plug in the camera battery and now I can't film. Or, 
oh man, it's the lighting's wrong. You know, we come up with all these excuses while we're making coffee, thinking about our lives, and we just miss the opportunity to be in practice, to be in the practice of making coffee, which means paying attention to every detail of the activity that you're engaged in, making coffee, getting the beans out, smelling the beans. Maybe you feel the oil on the bean, putting the beans into the grinder, turning the grinder on, hearing the grinder, smelling the beans after they've been grinded, ground, putting, putting the water on the kettle, turning on the flame, watching the flame, not thinking about the, not letting the flame remind you of, you know, the pyrotechnics that you saw at some concert, but literally looking at the flame, looking at the kettle, looking at the stove, feeling the temperature in the room, you know, being very intentional on every movement that you make that is engaged in the activity of making coffee. And then when you're finished making coffee, the next activity that you do, you are engaged in that activity. The practice is the practice is the practice. You can practice all day long. Everything is practice. Everything is practice. When you train yourself, and I'm talking to myself as well, when we can train ourselves to be in practice at all moments, then the roadblocks in our mind start to dissipate because we know that at this moment my practice is this activity that I'm engaged in and then when that activity ends and we move on to the next activity that's the activity that I'm engaged in I'm shoveling snow I'm holding this shovel I'm feeling the temperature. I'm not complaining in my mind about the temperature. I'm not labeling anything. I'm engaged in the activity of shoveling snow. I'm, I'm, I feel the shovel. I feel the shovel pushing. I can see the snow moving. I throw the snow. I continue. I time my, I, I get in the rhythm of it. I time my breath with it. I'm focusing on my breath. I'm focusing on the snow. I'm engaged in the practice of shoveling snow. And then when that is over, I'm more charged up. The thing that exhausts us the most is our thinking. When we think all day long, and I am guilty number one on thinking all day long. I used to pride myself in being a thinker. I thought it was so cool to be considered an intellectual. I always thought that that was the highest part of the ladder to be, to be labeled an intellectual, someone who thinks all the time, someone who, who studies and reads and tries to think about the deepest things and then also thinks about the future and thinks about the past. And all of a sudden, you realize that your mind is engaged everywhere but right now. When you think about the past... It might make you feel good. It might make you feel sad. It might affect, it will affect you emotionally one way or another. And so your mind is in the past. Your body's not in the past. Your body's in the present. So all of a sudden, all the energy that's going into your mind to, to think about these past thoughts and, and bring up these memories that might 
triggers some kind of an emotional reaction, now your body is is creating chemicals based on something that your mind has created. Not that you're experiencing right now in the actual moment, but something that your mind has created as a reality in your in yourself. And I know you've experienced this where you you're you're thinking about something and it becomes so real in your mind and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I completely forgot that I was even sitting in my living room." The same is true with the future. The mind loves time. The mind loves the past. The mind loves the future. The mind does not like the present moment so much because it doesn't the present moment doesn't require as much thinking as the future and the past. The mind wants to grab on to things that aren't in the present moment. When you're practicing in the present moment, the activity at hand, you don't have to think about it a lot because you're engaged in feeling the temperature of the room, not judging the temperature of the room, not labeling the temperature of the room, just noticing that you're in a room. What does the, what does the temperature feel like? Is there a breeze? Is there, you know, is there a, are you near a stove? Is, do you feel the warmth of the stove? What do, what do the clothes feel like on your body? Are, they, is your, are your sleeves kind of scratching your arms a little bit? Can you feel that? What does it feel like to be standing? Can you feel that pressure on the floor, you know, etc.? What does it feel like to breathe? What, is it, what does the room smell like? Does it smell like coffee? Does it smell like, you know, firewood from a fire that you had last night? You're, you're not doing anything besides recognizing what is happening right now. When you do that, it doesn't take a lot of analyzation. It doesn't take a lot of contemplation. It doesn't take a lot of planning. It doesn't take a lot of the mind saying, well, if I do this, then then this, and, 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 and let me imagine these different scenarios to make sure I'm doing the right thing. None of that is required. But it is... It is human nature to think. In fact, what is Descartes says to think? I th- I think, therefore I am. And truly, and, and some, and then some some very you know uh, like more like spiritual teachers would say the reverse. I am, therefore I think. I think, therefore I am, Descartes. I am, therefore I think. It's a totally different paradigm right are you do you exist because you're thinking or are you thinking because you exist let's not go down that rabbit hole let's stick with just something more simple (laughs) being in the present moment trying to not allow yourself to be captivated by your mind so much yes it's going to happen it's enjoyable we love to think about things we love to imagine things i mean as a as a composer, as a creative person, as a as a an author, I love to think about things, and I and I and it, and it brings a it brings a joy to my mind when I can imagine some new lesson pack that I'm going to put out for my students. I, I I love that I can I envision the whole thing like I come up with an idea 
for for example, I came uh, an idea triggered by Mark Walker posted a, an article, uh, a blog post the other day based on a great drum teacher, uh, past uh, drum teacher from Boston named Bob Galati called Levels Deep. And it was just a, a way to approach how to play a rhythm on different levels than just what you're seeing. And I was inspired to come up with an idea called 10 Levels Deep. And I had this whole thing, like as soon as I thought of the idea and I thought of how can I go 10 levels deep with one rhythm? The next thing you know, I've mapped out in my mind everything. And I sit down at Sibelius and I start to write. And within 30 minutes, I've written 63 exercises. And I'm totally excited to go film these exercises and turn them into the next lesson pack for the Drum Matra members. That kind of thinking is very good. That kind of thinking where there's a creative stream, there's a focus, there is a there's a system, there's an excitement. That kind of thinking is is a pleasant place to be. Now, if I thought in the future and thought what is this going to be like? Are my students going to like it? Am I going to spend all this time filming this and then and then I put it up in the in my lesson area and and no students are interested in working on it. Oh man, am I going to waste all my time? That is where the mind and it's very easy to go there just as well. That's when you're in trouble. That I mean, that's when the mind starts to pull us out of the present moment. When I'm engaged in writing, I'm in the present moment. I'm writing. Now I might not be completely in the present moment where I'm thinking to myself, what is the what does the keyboard feel like under my fingers? What does it feel like sitting in this chair? You know, I'm not to that level of presence, but I'm creating. I'm in the creative act. And I think the creative act is a zone that is a good place to be. If you're creating, you're not you're not emotionally uh, you're not you're not emotionally hijacking yourself. You're not you're not in the past. You know, thinking of something that's going to give you an emotional trigger. You might be excited about the fact that you're creating something that you can't wait to share. But going anywhere beyond that and to, and to create a story about what it's going to become and what it's going to do, that is future thinking. So being engaged in the moment, that's when the mind is awesome. That's when you are completely using the mind as a tool. Instead of the mind using you to, to, to yank you through different emotional states, you're using the mind as a tool to focus, to create, to make something. Okay, so being in the practice is a training. Recognizing when you're in your mind recognizing when you're being captivated by thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future that start to emotionally engage you, you have to pull back out of that and realize where you are. I'm right here in this room. I can feel the air. I can, you know, sometimes I even rub my hands together like this and then I feel 
my hands. Because if you can kind of wake your hands up, even from like clapping or something, and feel your hands tingle, if you can feel that, really feel that, that brings you back into the present moment. Because the one thing that is always in the present moment is you, <laughs> is, your, is your body, is your life. Your life is always in the present moment. Your life is not in the past. Your life is not in the future. You're always in the present moment. It's almost a profound idea to think that. Oh my gosh. There isn't a future except in my mind. There isn't a past except in my mind. The only thing that actually is, is right here, right now. Let me engage in, in being right here, right now. And let me be intentional in everything I do. And when you train yourself to make the coffee, and when you train yourself to be present when you're shoveling snow, and when you train yourself to pay attention to what the temperature of the water is and the smell of the soap is when you're washing your hands, and when you train yourself to be engaged in conversation with the person at the grocery store, then when it's time to practice, you're ready to be present in the moment of practice. You're not worried about what it's going to be. You're not worried about working on an exercise because the exercise is the practice. The exercise isn't the thing you're working on so you can do X, Y, and Z in the future. The practice is the practice. The exercise is the practice. Engaging in the moment of the exercise without a vision of what it's going to make you in the future. Because you don't know what it's going to make you. You don't know if working on 16th notes and accents across the 16th note field, I mean, how can you ever know what that's going to lead you to? And why are you worried about it? Why are we so concerned about what we're going to do now and how that's going to benefit us in the future? That's a very ingrained way of thinking for all of us. If I do this, then I'll get this. If I work hard, then I will be rewarded. We need to figure out a way to understand that the work is the reward. The practice is the reward. The reward is being present and enjoying the moment that we're in then it doesn't matter what you're practicing because you're practicing with engagement. You're practicing without expectation. The only expectation of practice is, is expecting yourself to be paying attention to everything that you are doing while you're practicing. And then when you're finished practicing, you haven't, la you haven't lost any energy. You haven't created any false energy. You haven't created some kind of, okay, I practice my thing, so maybe, you know, hopefully I'm going to get that call for the gig, or, you know, let's, let's try to not attach work and reward. Let's, we, we, it's very important to, to kind of try to let that go away and wake up to the fact that you never know what the reward is going to be. You never know. 
but you do know that you will feel very satisfied and very fulfilled if you are presently engaged in whatever it is that you're working on. I don't know how, how other ways to say what I'm saying. When we create excuses for ourselves, it's because we are not in the present moment. We are in our mind. Why would I care if my camera battery's dead? I can practice drums with a dead camera battery. I don't need to film everything. Why do I care if the plugins on my DAW are, you know, not the ones I want? Who cares? That doesn't have anything to do with me engaged in the moment of practice. And if I was engaged in the moment with a plugin, for instance, I'm completely with that moment. I'm able to probably figure out more about that device than I would be if I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need this to sound good. I've got to get this video out. I need the snare to sound better than it than, I'm, than it's sounding. What am I going to do? And now all of a sudden I'm on a web, you know, this is all hypothetical. All of a sudden I'm on the Universal Audio website. And I'm looking for different compressors that I can use for the snare drum. And I'm in a, now I'm in a rabbit hole. Instead of being present, dealing with what's going on, not coming up with excuses, and doing the practice. The practice is the practice. Everything is practice. Every moment is an opportunity to train ourselves to be engaged in the present moment. When we are engaged in the present moment, we are more able to move through our day with fluidity, with less stress, less tension, less emotional baggage. Stress, tension, emotional baggage all comes from our mind pulling us into the future or remembering something from the past. Stay present. Stay in the moment. Then you are training yourself to continue to be more in the, in the practice, more in the practice, more in the practice. I wrote a journal. I wrote a book um, that came out two weeks ago called The 100-Day Journal and Practice Log. It's, uh, it's on Amazon. And every single day for 100 days, it gives you a quote to consider. It gives you a short exercise to work on. And then it gives you a space to make notes of other exercises that you may be working on, the tempo and the duration, and make a little bit of note on things that you're working on. There's little, a couple staffs of music uh, notation where you can write notation. And then there's an area to reflect on your practice or maybe uh, creative thinking. And it's a, it's a hundred day journal. And the idea of the exercise for each day is the idea that the exercise is the practice. So the, you might look at the exercise and go, oh yeah, I can do that and not even try it. Well, saying, oh yeah, I can do that. That's a mental thing. You've just gone into your imagination imagined yourself playing it and then checked it off the list sitting down and actually doing the movements of the exercise get into a movement a cycle play it for an extended amount of time engage yourself in the moment of that exercise then the exercise completely comes to life and will inspire and and 
guide you into the next activity of your practice, do it. Do the practice. The practice, the practice, the practice is so important. Be engaged in the moment. Okay, well, there you have it. That was quite stream of consciousness, and uh, it was fun to get out. And I'm going to admit to you that for the past five days, I have said, I don't have a podcast. I need to get a podcast out. My one of my New Year's resolution. My new here's my New Year's resolution: to do what I think. Simple, to do what I think. If I think of something, I'm going to do it. And this is creatively speaking. If I think of a of a lesson plan, I'm going to make it. If I think of a a video I want to do, I'm going to make it. I'm not just going to stay. You know be satisfied with coming up with an idea. I'm not going to be satisfied with with sitting around and being an intellectual and thinking about things all day. I, if, if an idea comes, I'm going to turn it into as a reality on whatever level makes sense. To do what I think. Well, easier said than done. Because for the last five days, I've come up with so many excuses of why I can't get my podcast done. And I knew that I just need to go down. I need to turn the mic on. I need to start talking. I need to be engaged in the moment and just let things flow. And so what you are hearing and what I just talked about for the last 40 minutes is exactly that. It's me being as present as possible and allowing my thoughts to come out as presently as possible. I hope this was inspirational for you. I hope this triggered some things within you that help you move into your practice. Now, I did mention in the beginning, wondering what to practice. If you have not worked on the drum mantra material, the drum mantra material is designed to hold you in the present moment. It's designed to develop your concentration, your attention, your intention. It's designed to develop your muscle memory. When you play an exercise for an extended amount of time, your body starts to learn the movements of that exercise. It starts to understand the coordination. When your body has learned through muscle memory many different levels of coordination, Then, when you're playing music with other people, you're able to respond in a more exact way without having to analyze, without having to think about it as much because your body is responding emotionally in the movement, in the, in the music, in the moment. Um, I would suggest checking out my book, The Foundational Series. That's where it all begins, The Foundational Series. It comes with three and a half hours of audio, and it it is very methodical and thought-out practice system. If you've done the foundational series, I recommend my book, The Primary Series, which picks up where the foundational series leaves off. If you are interested in the foundational series but want to go really deep with it, I would recommend my course, The 3030. You can find all of these things at drummantra.com. All of the exercises, all of the lessons are all 
focused on helping you develop coordination, better time, more awareness of polymetric coordination and uh, polymeters in general, uh, time signatures, accents, and pulse displacements, all in the name of having a better understanding which gives you more confidence when you're sitting behind the kit. You can play with more relaxation, and when you're relaxed and playing with confidence, all the musicians you're playing with are also going to be relaxed and be able to play with confidence as well. So check some of that stuff out. Um, we're about to open the Lesson Vault, which is where all the lessons I create live. The Lesson Vault and Community is uh, a place on Drum Mantra website that I open up three times a year, bring in new um, people who want to engage in an international community of drummers. Uh, we study exercises together. We do calls once a month, which might become more often. Um, we communicate with each other. It's a great place to be. The Lesson Vault and Community, you can find out that on Drum Mantra as well. There's just a lot of stuff going on with Drum Mantra. And I really, you know, love to have you know as much as possible. The Lesson Vault and Community has people from all over the world. It has uh, high school students in it, and it also has high-level professional full-time drummers in it. And it works for everyone because it's a community. And sometimes, uh, you know, everyone is interacting. So sometimes uh, one of the professional players might answer a question that one of the less experienced players might have. Um, so it's a, great, it's a great place to be. I definitely encourage you to check that out, and we'll be opening that on February 1st for uh, new registrants, and it would be great to have you if you're, if you're ready to get serious about what you're doing and how uh, a community would benefit you. I highly recommend it. Okay, cool. Uh, one more thing, early warning. <clears throat> February 9th, I will be hosting a master class with the great Dan Weiss. I mentioned him in, in the beginning of the podcast. Dan is a ridiculous master of the instrument, an incredible thinker, an incredible player, and we will be doing a special master class on February 9th. You can find out about that as well, drummantra.com, special events. All right. I wish you all the best. I look forward to speaking with you again. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you ever have any questions. And if you have not rated my podcast, I would love for you to give it a rating, do a review, spread the word. And if you'd like for me to talk about anything in the future, let me know. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.